We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the RotoWire NBA podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday. December 6th, on this day 18 years ago, James Anderson, Kobe Bryant scored 51 points mm. against the Golden State Warriors, but he was outdueled by Antoine Jameson, who had 51 of his own, uh, and the Warriors won that game. Another classic duel between, it's a battle. between those foes, Kobe and Anton. It's funny you say that. I, uh, my fiance, or my wife and I have been watching uh, oh. a lot of Jeopardy. Uh, just It's, it's been, on Netflix now. Right. And uh, there was a clue the other day about uh, a player playing against the Raptors and scoring 81 points. And, mm. and I was like, yeah, I know, I know this one. This is one of the few each episodes. There's always like three or four per episode <laughs> that I that I know. And that, yep. was, that was my one for that episode. I love, I mean, I think a lot of people probably feel this way. A lot of just like normal people <laughs> like us where you watch Jeopardy. And there are certain episodes where I'll like 
you know, I'll, I'll kind of clean up a category. And I'm oh, thinking yeah. like, man, yeah. I need to get on the show. Like, I could yeah. be making so much money. <laughs> and then 15th century English composers category comes up and all three people seem to every know every answer. Just... And I'm like, I've never even heard well, of these do you, people. Do you also notice that like, if it's one that I know right away, there's at least a 50% chance none of the three people know it. Like, oh, yeah, I have right. very little crossover knowledge yeah. between me. Like, they know all the mm-hmm. ones I don't know. I know all the ones they don't know. It's, right. it's very, uh, balances out that way. Yeah, there's never a category of like, Jaquan hits of the mid 2000s, you know, like that type of thing. I need, I need a game of Jeopardy that's tailored specifically, very specifically to my interests. Have you ever watched Sports Jeopardy? No. It's hosted by Dan Patrick. It's a li- I, I kind of thought it would be like a little hokey at first, mm-hmm. but it's the exact same format mm-hmm. as Jeopardy. They must have some sort of uh, licensing deal. I think it's available on like the Crackle app. We're not sponsored by this, okay. but it's actually pretty good. The questions are like the perfect level of difficulty. Sure. Um, kind of harkens back to like those old shows on ESPN2, like Stump the Schwab, The Two Minute Drill. Well, stuff Stump like the that. Schwab actually had some pretty tough ones oh yeah no right. for sure and i this, mean this does too so easier easier or about the same as the uh trivia question you gave me the other day which i thought Ooh. was one of the one of the great in-office trivia questions we've had which w- which it's i mean it's topical i told you straight up that the way things are trending in, a, in about a month or five weeks i'll be making a case for luka Doncic making the all-star team and yeah. you were like well, let me do a basketball uh, index search on this, and you turned up that there were what seven players since in the past um, thirty years to I'm make the All Star game that. as a rookie. Yeah, I'm trying to rerun that right now. There were a bunch of players in the history of the league who have made the All Star game as a rookie. I think what we were initially talking about was All NBA. Um, you, I think, because we were discussing oh, you know, yeah. who we would put yeah, on yeah. first team, and you hopefully jokingly said Doncic. And I was like, okay, clearly that's not going to happen. Like, I don't, I don't know that a rookie's ever made first team All NBA because the search index on Basketball Reference doesn't have that. But my guess is that probably back in the day, like Will Chamberlain, Kareem would have been pretty tough to keep off those lists. But it does let you look at rookies really quickly, um, who are all stars, obviously in their first year. So there have been seven in what I would deem like the semi modern era mm-hmm. of like coherence for me with basketball um and it, you can go a little further back like in the 80s you had buck williams uh kelly trapuca isaiah thomas ralph sampson hakeem mj and patrick ewing um were all all-stars as rookies but starting with the 1990 all-star game on there have been seven players who have been all-stars in their first season the caveat is a few of these guys weren't exactly rookies david robinson for example took two years off after college he made the all-star game i would in say yao ming's the ultimate example yao ming uh made the all-star game and when he he made the all-star game like three years after he retired right but i mean like he no came over that. just right in the middle of his prime basically he yeah. was 22 right. but yeah i mean he had already been a pro overseas um who was the other one too uh, blake griffin, blake griffin right. yeah so blake you know obviously sat out his rookie year but that one to me is a little more legitimate like that would have been like simmons making it last year which yep that's hard to do my argument for you for why Doncic will not make the all-star team deserving or not one he's in the west two the East had like seven injury alternates last year, and they did everything they could to keep Simmons out. And I would argue that Simmons was having at least as good of a season, if not better, statistically. You know, I think I think Simmons at the time was like the hype train was bigger, and the hype train is huge for Dodgers, but I think it was slightly bigger for Simmons just because of well, how good the Sixers were, how bad they'd been before. And if he couldn't get in in that Eastern Conference field with all those injuries, there's no way Doncic is getting in in the West. I would say the bigger argument against it is just the process for how reserves are selected. Like, it's not a, 
like sports writers voting on this or fans voting on this. It's coaches and players, and players aren't going to vote them in, and no. coaches just don't vote rookies in. You know, I don't think like, the Euroleague so, coaches get a vote. Yeah, so, no. so so like it, it's just there's there's no way that the people that could put him in are going to put him in. Do you think he's well liked by coaches and players right now? I would I would say it's probably fifty fifty. Like some people probably like the fieriness. Other people probably think he's cocky. Which I mean, I think there way. are a lot of younger players that are probably just jealous. Yeah. Uh, I think there are – I think coaches probably universally love his game, but I think coaches also universally don't like to reward young players for anything. So uh, that's kind of how I would read that. So I said to you yesterday that Doncic needs to ditch the T-shirt. I think he might be wearing it. It's probably one of those like shoulder shirt things that a lot of players wear. Henson, Davis. Like I don't think you this can is, legally wear it just a t-shirt. But this under is your surprising fr- coming from you because I think you want the t-shirt to be more of a thing in college hoops, right? Yeah, well, of course. But <laughs> I want it. To, I want it to be free reign. Like I want okay, players to be able to like, wear a, like a baggy like Delonte right. West t-shirt. Who's the uh, Gonzaga? Austin Day. Austin like, Day. I think uh, he's got the most famous well, it's t-shirt guys like of all that. time. Yeah, yeah. John Henson did it at North Carolina. It's like if you're really skinny and you got to cover up your arms, you just just like a Hanes, like a cotton, yeah, like Hanes. Like you go to double XL. Well, t-shirt. you go to like somewhere like Champ Sports <laughs> or Finish Line. Will have those tall tees, right. usually like five for fifteen bucks or something like that. Yeah, I would like that. I think there are certain players who would certainly, <laughs> certainly be wearing those. You, you want to rewind it to like 2008, the whole league would have been wearing them. Um, but I like you have now you have to get a special exemption. Fultz was another example to wear one of those shirts okay. under your jersey. And the thing is, they never match when you're playing. Like you have to wear either white or black. Like mm-hmm. you, you can never get a team colored one. If it was team colored, that'd be fine. But Doncic playing in the blue Mavs uniform with a white undershirt, I'm just gonna say it. It looks ridiculous. I have it. Had, I haven't really even noticed it as looking bad at all okay, well, I, I don't know i i've you've lost me on, you've really fan. lost me on this one okay fair um so yeah jeopardy great show not great for sports usually uh i was watching one the other night where the question and this backs up what you said earlier the question was which nba team features a leprechaun in its logo no one even attempted to answer uh that's that, there was one in the, <laughs> the episode the episode i was watching last night it was uh like fiery coach at Indiana who won multiple like national championships and nobody buzzed in. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Green never won one. Dude. I actually watched that 30 for 30 the other night. Very good. I, Bob Knight was obviously before both of our times, like his prime, even more of a psycho, I think than I, than I realized, you know, we kind I got like, to me, Bob Knight was the Texas tech coach who used to coach at Indiana. Like I didn't realize how much pull, like the, the documentary did a really good job of kind of setting the scene for like, it, it kept it kept kind of hammering the point home like he was the most powerful man in the state of indiana at any level you know more so than the school president more so than the governor more so than senators could, could at, you argue that like in the past 50 years no sports figure would have done worse or would have been more like negatively impacted by like just the way social media is and oh like God. like cell phones <laughs> and like just the the news cycle yep. and just the way that like our society's kind of um, come around on kind of obvious yeah. social issues and stuff like that. Like oh, yeah. he's, I mean, he would he would have lasted like two days. Like they would have had to fire him like two days into his initial tenure. Well, that was part of the <laughs> that was part of the the kind of storyline too. Is like a big reason why you know he didn't have the success in the '90s that he did in the '70s and into the mid '80s was that he just like couldn't relate to kids whatsoever. Like he. <laughs> 
he had operated in 1998 the exact same way that he did in like 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would, I'm trying to find the quote right now. Like, I don't even want to read it because it was so ridiculous. But there's a quote in there where he talks about like, he was like defending sexual assault basically, which is like an insane stance at any point in history. It was crazy at the time. And like, could you imagine if somebody, this was in 1988, I think he said that he compared like getting blown out in a basketball game to being sexually assaulted on a a nationally televised uh, interview with NBC. And like nothing really happened. Like I think he got, you know, a couple articles were written about it and then it was totally fine. Like that would be a a three week long story if that happened today. Um, But yeah, Bob Knight, not a guy I would have wanted to play for. No. Not at all. <laughs> Effective, no. uh, but not my type of coach. So we won't name names, but somebody, someone tweeted earlier this week that it would be really cool if the NBA, uh, as a gesture of gratitude, I guess, put Vince Carter, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, maybe other players in the All-Star game, just as kind of a farewell. It'd be way, it'd be way cooler to be put cooler. those guys in. Um, this, uh, this generated mixed reviews, this take. Um, I think you and I both feel that it was a terrible take. And as much as I would like to honor those guys in some way, I think depriving three they're players. Get, trust me, they're going to get honored. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dwayne Wade's They'll been get honored. honoring himself on Instagram every single they're, day. They're going to go into the Hall of Fame. Like it, right. There's plenty of opportunities for those guys to get honored. Oh, that would be brutal. There are certain <laughs> players, like Kobe got into the All-Star game his last year, right? Had no yeah. business being in there. Yeah. But he's Kobe. So and- that one I actually was in favor of just for the spectacle because like bad Kobe is like hilariously fun to watch in a setting like that. Whereas these three guys, like they're not comically bad. They're just Mm -hmm. bad and like wouldn't add anything to the game. Yep. Correct. So, I mean, we both feel that's a ridiculous idea. Obviously it's not going to happen. What I think should happen though, if Carmelo Anthony's unsigned, play in the celebrity game. Yes. Mellow to the celebrity game. That'll be his next game. In an NBA uniform. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite ideas that we've ever come up with, uh, really. I mean, in, in the history of Rotowire, probably. Uh, it yep, would just yep. be the funnest thing ever. And, but, like, with the with the stipulation that he has to try and, like, oh, take it would, seriously. Yeah. like No question he would. You know, no, like, just kind of half-assing it. Just, like, you know, get right. that mismatch on Michael B. Jordan. Like, back him yeah. down into the post. <laughs> like, up and under. Like and really just kind of like be, yep. be proud of himself after yep. it and He's boxing boxing out <laughs> Justin Bieber like, give me that shit <laughs> get off me <laughs> like telling people to clear out yeah like, right. while, while he like tries to cross someone up and uh, then like one one of my favorite like images to think about is like he he pulls the James Harden where he like breaks someone's ankles and then stares at him like forever and then misses the wide open three yep. <laughs> pick me up come on. <laughs> Yeah, so I, we need that to happen. Uh, I, I don't think it's totally out of the question. Mean, I, mean mugs after like getting a putback with right. layup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, shouting match with whoever's the coach. I mean, I think there are endless possibilities here. Um, so yeah, I just kind of want to get that out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, for all of our listeners that are tight with Mello, maybe float this yep. to Mello's camp. And uh, so way back yeah, in, we'll see. You know, he plays well in the celebrity game. Maybe right. a team picks him up, gives him a ten day. Right. We'll see. Yeah. You know, prove prove people wrong. Yeah. Prove prove all thirty teams wrong. So like I said at the top, we are brought to you once again this season by DraftKings. And once again, we have partnered up to bring you free Rotowire six-month memberships. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account, make a deposit of at least $10. 
At which point, you will then get six months of access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com. That includes DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full season draft software, baseball outlooks that James has been working tirelessly on. You get all that for $10, and you can go and take that $10, use it on DraftKings.com, win even more money. Again, go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Just follow the instructions on that page, rotowire.com slash DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. So we kind of missed the Patino watch on Fred Hoiberg. They pulled the wool over our eyes and, and kind of covertly did this um you know kind of knowing that it would be almost a full week before right, we could record a right. podcast strategic move i mean yep. I, I thought Duck it was very well played by them yeah yeah you kind of real recognize real type of situation <laughs> um so jim boylan is now coaching the chicago bulls i think they're still on patino watch i think he's on patino <laughs> right. watch like you, right. you said to me earlier this week like if there's anybody who could get two coaches fired in one season, it would be Zach Levine, and I think by extension, Jabari Parker. Yeah, Levine's quote after Hoiberg got fired was really awesome. Uh, just kind of like, you know, it's it's tough, but there were just things things that were kind of out of his control. You know, like just wish like, there was something I could have done. Like me, like I wouldn't listen to anything he said. So you know, that's kind of the way it goes. You know. Yeah. So yeah, you could tell <laughs> Levine was pretty broken up about it. Uh, but then Boylan comes in and like his first he basically was like this is kind of a coach carter situation uh he just took over and was like we're out of shape and the next day they held practice and practiced for two and a half hours and then ran suicides after so i'd just like to take this moment to send some prayers up for jabari parker this is a worst case scenario for him he'd been kind of skating by (laughs) this is not what he signed up for at all but this uh, has to be a deal expectations (laughs) now um what is there another team on Patino Watch right now? I, I think Dave Yeager is kind of on permanent Patino Watch with the Kings. Did you want to say anything more about the Hoiberg thing, or is it like I mean, it, it, the problem is it happened like a week ago. Yeah, I, right. I, I just think it was so kind of bush how they did it right when their best players were coming back. Yep. Like it was just kind of like, well, I mean, now that you actually have a chance to win games, uh, no. You're, you're well, you could here. like the reaction from Bulls, you know, smart Bulls people was basically like, Jesus Christ, like come on, like it wasn't. It wasn't we're defending Fred Hoiberg. It wasn't we're defending the front office. It was basically that. Like, this is just another in a line of weird ways to go about business by the Chicago Bulls. So, like, I don't know. It just seems like it wasn't the right fit, but everyone pretty much universally agrees that he was never really given a fair chance. Right. So, uh, moving on to other teams uh, that, that could be on Patino Watch. So, I, I see in the outline that you list the Kings. I assume this is just because of the uh, widely reported uh, disagreements between coaching staff yes. and the front office with like, obviously Dave Yeager, I think is following the, the Ty Lue blueprint to a T where, you know, he's not going to help the Kings be bad only knowing that in- inevitably he's going to get fired at some point. He's going to try to win as many games as he can. And if that is the reason he gets fired, then all the better because they still have to pay him. Uh, once they fire him, which is exactly what happened with Ty Lue. So I think that that's very much in play. Like if, if he just refuses to play uh, their young players as much as the front office would like, I think that uh, that could definitely happen. The problem is it would just they, – they might have a mutiny among Kings fans because this team is just blown by any – like wild expectations so far early on and 12 and 11 it's like if you if you fired the coach who's partially responsible for that uh 
well, the message you're basically <laughs> sending is stop winning. Yeah, right? stop winning. Like, stop winning. But like, what I we're, don't... we're taking too much heat for that Bagley pick, so you're going to need to, like, up his usage to 40%. <laughs> this doesn't make sense at all. It would make more sense, I guess, if they own their pick. They they have a pick swap with Philly slash Boston. Like, they, if they get the number one pick, they don't keep it. If they get right. the number two pick, they don't keep it. Like, they get the worst. Right. Basically, they're going to end up swapping with Boston because they're not going to – this right. isn't going to go number one. They're going to end up swapping with Boston, and that means they're probably going to pick, like, 25th. So I don't see what the – unless there, maybe there's somebody they really like. Maybe they got their eye on Ethan Happ in the late 20s. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to try to lose when there's no for the for the first time or like you know the one time in the last decade and a half when you don't want to lose. Is there any recent precedent for a coach kicking a front office uh, official out of practice and not eventually getting fired? Yeah, I <laughs> kind of a crazy move, and I, I think I respect it. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's he's trying just as hard as Ty Lue. Like it's there's no way he's gonna come off looking worse. For this, right? Like he's yeah. already, I mean, he's got to be on the very short list for coach of the year candidates. Just based, I mean, this is one of the most surprising things in the entire NBA right yeah. now that the Kings have a winning record at this if point. The Kings so. win like twenty seven games. I think he's coach of the year. It's like, unbelievable job. So like, there's there's no way this can go poorly for him unless yeah. they really go into the tank and like yep. end up you know doing what we all sort of thought they would do. So uh, it's just how badly does the front office mm-hmm. want? those young players to play and then you know patino uh you know i'm sure patino would pretty much agree to any kind of stipulation if you hired him at this point i mean he if you he tell would do him, like a week-to-week yeah. contract yeah. yeah um but i have like kind of a surprise one that we haven't brought up on the show yet this year uh for patino watch i think that you know i i said recently in that that round table that i think the uh, New Orleans Pelicans are making the playoffs, yeah. but yeah, I think by now everybody's probably read that. <laughs> Went up earlier today, right? But uh, I think things are so kind of desperate and on edge there that you know if it if they get to the point where they're like five games below five hundred or something like that, uh, and the fr- and Dell Demps is another guy that's just kind of like. Like I did a good job this off season. Like this, this team should be doing a lot better. Um, I need to blame someone for why it's not doing better. Right. I signed a little local for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I agree. I think what well, to me that would be like the next step in the progression of like, okay, we're not trading Davis, but we need to do something. Right. We're so, we're we're not so doing desperate. That. The only thing we can do is fire our coach. <laughs> what Davis will really like is if we fire this yeah. coach who's a player's coach and bring in this guy that he's never heard of before. Well, that's sort of Rick Pitino. <laughs> That would yeah, be awesome. That's what's going to keep Davis in New Orleans bringing in Rick Pitino. Like, remember him? Uh, yeah, I think we. I guess we played. Haven't you always wanted to play with this guy? Yeah, like that psycho guy who wore the white suit when we played him. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the only two. I, I agree with you. The Pelicans were going to be the team that I brought up. I think every other team is kind of on the same page with its ownership. You know, like the other bad teams have either fired their coach in Chicago or they're all trying to be bad and they don't really care what their coach does. I, Phoenix, I could see, you know, like Sarver just randomly pulling the plug on this Kokoskov experiment. I mean, they're they're the one team I think that everyone knew they would be bad, but they didn't know they'd be bad, and now they're four and twenty. Like they're not hovering around five hundred. They're arguably the worst team in the league. And no matter what the situation is, when you're that bad, when you've won sixteen percent of your games, you're kind of on the hot seat no matter what. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's yeah, that's it's all very well said. Seat. 
Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about a new sponsor, Prize Picks. Are you tired of the grind of trying to win on DFS sites night in and night out? You're spending so much time trying to get set the perfect lineup, only to fall short of winning big. Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast DFS game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands or competing against pros like James and I while trying to meet a salary cap. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks has new boards up each day covering players from the NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA, and MLS. They're also the first to allow you to make cross-board entries. So you can go under on LeBron while taking Gurley on the over. Uh, any combination like that of the sports we just mentioned. Sign up today. Use our promo code WIRE, W-I-R-E, when you sign up to get a free two-pick entry to win $25. Go to myprizepicks.com or download their app. It's the Prize Picks app. It's available in the App Store. As a first-time user, you get an instant 200% match on your first deposit when you sign up. Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified. And again, use our promo code WIRE, W-I-R-E, to get that free two-pick entry. This has been in the news cycle for a while, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But the Fultz situation, I'm just going to go on the record and say I don't believe whatsoever that he actually has what they say he has. The Sixers clearly would have diagnosed him with this, you know, or he would have independently been diagnosed with this by all the specialists that he's seen in the past. It seems to me like his representation basically shopped around until they found a doctor who would, you know, give him this diagnosis. So now they they've bought themselves six weeks. And now Fultz kind of has to come back in six weeks. And if he doesn't look markedly better, then what's the next answer? Like, this is kind of the end of the line as far as if it's a medical issue. If it's not this, then it's nothing. Yeah, it's it's such a... I mean, this this is destined for like a 30 for 30, right? Like at this point, it's just like the, oh, yeah. one of the most insane NBA stories that's got i mean it's we're going up on two full years now of, of the weirdness yeah and I, what kind of 30 for 30 will it be though like do you think in, t- in 20 sad. years it's a redemption story no. like it starts with him no. like walking along like a railroad track no i think it's just like he's coaching some like aau team and like i don't know like <laughs> taking shots in a like, dark gym he's like the number one <laughs> player in thailand or something like that oh like well, that would be ideal. Kind of an Andre uh, If he has like a Stefan Marbury kind of career arc, that would be awesome. Uh, that's yeah. You know, one of yeah, the yeah, I guess that would be awesome. One of the one of the best case kind scenarios of. is that he goes to uh, <laughs> China and is awesome. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. It's definitely everything. It's just it just reeks of that being uh, what's actually happening. I think it, another thing worth pointing out, like obviously, I'm one of the baseball editors and this is a baseball injury that has never before been diagnosed uh on a yeah, basketball player baseball career? like it's like <laughs> is he gonna need tommy john surgery like next like what's what's next like if, if this doesn't get fixed yeah what's so, this gonna do to his velocity um <laughs> i yeah it's it's kind of sad but it's also uh i think that you know they realize his camp sort of realized that his value was at yep. a point that was lower than even they could have imagined, like under a worst case scenario, and it's kind of trying to uh, do what you can to, to mm-hmm. salvage that. But um, I mean, does this hurt his trade value relative to where it was ten days ago? I think it's the same. I think if you're the Sixers, you're kind of you know at this point it's just you know that he's a lost asset for the time being. And I mean, the, the what's the best case scenario for Folds right now is that. 
it actually is this. Somehow every other doctor has missed it. And he's whatever physical therapy he's going to do that, from what I understand, hasn't really worked for baseball players. Well, different sport, different motions, obviously. In six weeks, he's just going to be back to who he was a year and a half ago, right? Like, but that's kind of how his camp has framed it. Like, they haven't said, like, you just wait, he's going to be great. But, the, you know, like, he, we have a diagnosis. Once he's allegedly cured of said injury, shouldn't everything go back to normal? Like, the pressure is now almost mounting, like, bigger than where it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario is that this somehow is the diagnosis and eventually he's fixed. Right. Uh, But the kind of rest and rehab approach to it, if it actually is the what's going on, I I think it's eventually going to need surgery. I mean, it it always needs surgery in baseball. Obviously, that's different because you're you're throwing a ball as hard as you can versus just shooting – Shooting a ball, but uh, he's shooting a ball as hard as he can. <laughs> it's not going very well. Um, I, you know, if he needs surgery, then the Sixers are just super screwed because they have to keep him. I mean, you, you can't really trade him at that point, and a lot of money on the books. A lot of money for a guy that's that's giving you literally nothing. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really, really a circus yeah. in Philly right now. But I think it's gonna end up being good for their basketball team in the short term just that he's completely out of the rotation like that they're a better team with him out of the rotation i mean it's clear that that's what sparked this right is he didn't play in the second half of i forget what game it was and they like stormed back and won with tj mcconnell next day he's gone you know i mean and i I, from every like from everything that's been reported like it's not like Fultz is sulking or pouting about this but it, it does seem at this point that you know his representation has like stepped in to try to preserve whatever value he has left which maybe is a good idea in the long term. But like you said, I don't think, you know, we're talking like, all right, now you can trade him for Terrence Ross versus you could trade him for Josh Jackson. I don't know. Like his value is already so low that I don't know what you can do other than him going on a basketball court and looking like a very good NBA player who can shoot threes. Like nothing you do off the court until he actually plays good basketball is really going to impact anybody's opinions. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is it, the nice thing is we don't have to talk about Marco Fultz for the next true. six weeks. Very true. Um, the Roadwire NBA podcast, other outside of DraftKings, is also brought to you by Hims. James, get this: sixty-six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty-five. How old are you right now? Thirty-one. Oh my god! Four more years. <laughs> it looks good right now, but a, you just wait. It's a ticking time bomb. Yep. My my scalp. Yeah. Well, the thing is, by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's already too late, and that is why you need forhims.com your one-stop shop for hair loss as well as skin care and sexual wellness for men hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss you no longer have to purchase male products from the bathroom of that mobile station uh, just a couple blocks down from the office gone are the days of the snake oil pills with the sketchy supplements everything with hims is quick it's professional and they'll ship their products directly to your door no waiting room no weird chats with your doctor all you have to do is go to their website, forhims.com, and if you order now, our listeners will get a trial month of hymns for just $5 while supplies last. Again, go to hymns.com slash rwbasketball. That's forhims.com, excuse me, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash rwbasketball, forhims.com slash rwbasketball. All right, so... I'm sure you were glued to the television late last night watching Spurs Lakers as I was uh, one of LeBron's better showings. He continues to just pull up from like 35 feet now routinely. And for some reason they, they keep going in. So that was a fun way to end last night's game. 
But the bigger story is that the Spurs may not be very good. Actually, they're definitely not very good. That was the probably the second or third time that I've like really been able to watch them. And it's still like the same old Spurs in a lot of ways. You know, like the way they play, the deep rotations, the guys kind of all looking the same. Um, but it's very clear that there's just like a dearth of talent for right. this year's edition of the Spurs. And DeMar DeRozan, ISOs can only get you so many buckets. Um, I wanted to frame this around the discussion of like teams we were most wrong about in each conference. So for me, it's definitely the Spurs in the West. I I think I had them like third and we might have talked about this last week too, but that yeah, just you, continues to look more and more egregious. Yeah, you were way too high on them. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm admitting it. They lost three games in a row, or excuse me, three out of four before last night uh, by at least 30 points. Last night's was a little closer, but still, I'm not ready to completely, completely write them off as a playoff team just because they're only like two and a half games back. But I, I mean, we have not really seen the Spurs team play this bad, this consistently. I think they're 29th in defense which is a horrible indicator for any pop team um and I, I don't know i just thought demar DeRozan would be enough of an overall talent to keep them you know somewhere clearly in that three through eight range and that has not been the case i mean i i just really think the the three big things well the two big things with them uh marcus aldridge was playing like a no doubt all-star at this time last year and then just the defensive hit they took with Anderson, Danny Green, and DeJounte, arguably they're, I mean, maybe not even arguably their three best players, other than Kawhi, but Kawhi didn't play yeah. last year. Like, I, yeah. mean, I think that those were their three best defensive players. Um, and you don't have any of them. And one of the guys you brought in to replace him is a really bad defensive player, DeMar DeRozan. So, uh, I mean, it, that might be the worst uh wing defense in the league in terms of like could you think of an easier defense to go at if you're a, like a wing one-on-one score or something like that like no matter who ends up matched up on you it's like oh yeah. i'll i'll destroy this well, guy. if you're somehow like, able to get by Bryn forbes <laughs> then you got marcus aldridge waiting for you at the rim like, it's just yeah you can't score no they're 29th in defense they are 24th in free throw rate, so they don't get to the line. It's, they're 29th in three-point attempt rate, so they're just basically just like launching and missing I'm, a lot of two And points. I'm even past the point of uh, it being a thing where it's like, oh, well, the DeJounte injury. Like if they they DeJounte – I think if they had DeJounte Murray, they might be 500 right now instead yeah. of like 11 and 14. Like I, I right. don't – it's not just because he's hurt, so – I think they just have to, you know, I've, I've praised the Spurs for years and years and years for the way that they've assembled their teams and the way they've coached their teams. But uh, there's just really no way of getting around that they, they kind of screwed up yeah. uh, the last couple of years. And people just don't really bring that up. I feel, I feel like there's a lot of people in the media that just feel weird or feel dirty about criticizing anything pop does and it's just kind of like well you know he he hasn't done a good job it's mm-hmm. i'd i'd love the guy but he's really done a pretty poor job of assembling talent and they've made some bad decisions like they you know re-signing kyle anderson on that deal may not have gone down as a good decision but it, i guarantee it would have been a better decision than what they are paying Paul Gasol right now. Right. I guarantee it would have been a better decision than 
what what Kyle Anderson Marco Bellinelli. Oh, he's been terrible. What I mean, what Kyle Anderson brings the Spurs is more than he brings anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, like so it would have been an overpay, you know, on the surface, but I think the value that he provides them specifically would have been like, worth it. They would have been better to pay him what he's getting than to pay Patty Mills what they happily agreed to pay Patty Mills. And yeah. and that contract escalates to over thirteen million in a couple of years. Also, I think that they probably could have either squeezed the Raptors for a better piece than Pirtle or made the Raptors take back a worse piece than Green. I just think that they have always – I don't think they valued Green as much as they probably should have because Danny Green, when I mean, you can just put him on the other team's best wing scorer, that really – makes everything make a lot more sense on the defensive end and yeah so i mean i I think that they they're as bad as they look right now i don't think that there's really much of an argument that they're gonna make the playoffs first couple weeks of the season it felt to me like the patriots these last few years when they would have that like early season blowout loss and then two or three weeks later you know you'd kind of feel foolish for writing them off and I was just kind of waiting for like that stretch of five games where the Spurs just start to look like the Spurs, but we're well beyond that point. I mean, we're coming up on thirty games played, and you know, you don't no, teams don't just go from becoming the 29th defense to all of a sudden contending and looking like a you know dark horse, you know, Western Conference Finals type of team, which clearly I thought they would be before the year. Um, and this isn't like a Cavs situation last year where they're clearly just not trying and waiting to make their move and, and kind of turn it on. Like no, I, they, they can't turn it on. This, no, this is, there's this not, is there's nothing to turn seeing. on. Um, how, so, well, how, go ahead. Or did, did you have something to add? Or did you I was just going to ask about my... DeRozan. Like, oh. does this change your opinion of him as a player at all that he leaves an Eastern conference finals team? His numbers are still good. You know, shooting percentage wise, he's at 48, which is his best since his rookie year when he really wasn't the same player. You know he's regressed big time from three, but he's he's kind of made up for it with better passing. Like it doesn't really seem like it's his fault. You know, I just, well, I, I guess I just thought he would make a bigger difference. I don't know where you kind of assess him. I just don't think he's in a position to succeed. Uh, I think the Raptors situation was just so perfect for him, um, in a large part because his defensive shortcomings were never really on full display like they they could always sort of hide him um pretty effectively and now he's being asked to be like a stopper out there which he was never asked to do in toronto so everyone's kind of getting a full a full-on view of just how bad of a defender he is um my the team i was most wrong about in the west like there it's so early and there are definitely some options here uh the kings are an option you thought they'd be better (laughs) the jazz and the rockets are kind of tied as an option because i thought they would be the second and third best teams in the conference and they're both uh both have losing records right now Uh, but i'm gonna say the la clippers because i didn't give them strong consideration really at all to make the playoffs i like i we talked about it before the season like if the clippers had been in the east i would have had them in my top six like without it without any question like I would have had them pretty close to the Pacers for being the fifth best team in the east I just thought the west was too deep and they were behind teams like uh, the Spurs and the Timberwolves and uh, teams like that as teams that I thought were still going to even miss the playoffs so um, the fact that the Clippers now seem kind of on a 
I mean, what what type of playoff odds would you give the Clippers right now? They're sixteen and eight. They are sixth in the NBA in net rating. I mean, you set the table pretty well as far as what the expectations were. Like, t- to me, it's kind of up to them. You know, they're not a team where you're like, if they, you know, if they want to, they can win the finals. Like, clearly, that's not the ceiling. But if they want to make the playoffs, I think they can. The question is, should they want to? Like, this isn't this isn't their team. Like, most of this team, when the Clippers are good in three or four mm-hmm. years almost none of these guys will be on the roster you know like does it does it behoove them to make the playoffs to gun for a higher seed like well me, this I, is a year I think where... it I think it behooves them to make the playoffs and to gun for the best seed they can because they any chance they would have had of getting like even a top eight pick are just completely yeah, gone at true. this point so is it worth being bad to just get like a the 13th pick of the draft like I I don't think so and in in that scenario, like if you're deciding between trying to add a big time piece in free agency versus trying to hit on the 13th or 14th mm-hmm. pick in a fairly shallow draft, I think you're better off just trying to impress uh, free agents. And I think it's just, you know, it's nice to just let this whole team kind of play out, play, uh, you know, as as well as they possibly can, and then make decisions in the off season about which guys you want to build around. Because they have some young guys, they have some, you know, Tobias Harris could be, I don't know, like the third best player on a really good team. Um, Daniel Gallinari. He's like number one on a pretty good team right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's a, st- sounds stupid to say it like that, but it's just, does anyone really think like Tobias Harris could be the best player on a top three seed team? Like No, I, no, 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 of course um, not. Like Daniel Gallinari is a guy that could be like a fourth best player on a good team. Uh, Montrez Harrell looks like, like a guy sixth that best player on a good could team. be like a starting center on a really good team. He is very good. Like he kind of is going down sort of a Clint Capella ish kind of yeah. path of just a modern big that you can. It's really easy to build around. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just have a ton of cool, and like Shea's obviously part of the long term. Uh, equation so they just have a lot of interesting pieces that they might mm-hmm. bring back even if they're up for free agency after the season and they have a lot of pieces that might attract a free agent that's that's on the market because if you're if you're deciding between like a terrible Knicks team uh or a Lakers team that seems kind of weird or a Clippers team that finishes with like the fourth or fifth seed and is mm-hmm. in LA and you're the instant star if you go there. That's that's pretty appealing. A couple things on that. So you were right that it, it, even if they decided tomorrow, you know, it's not in our best interest to make the playoffs. Like they're too far down. You know, like they would really like something horrific would have to happen for them to like be in contention for a top five pick. Which in this draft, I think you want to be locked into that like top three or four. This isn't a draft where you're you feel great about picking eighth or ninth. Um, but with them, like I think their move, if that's the course they want to go. And it's really, really tough to, to justify that for any team, you know, to like pull the plug. And we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get to this with the Mavs in a little bit because they're in somewhat of a similar spot, um, especially with the, with the start that the Clippers have had and with the last like 40 years of Clipper history, that all adds to it. But the move for them wouldn't just be like bench Tobias Harris. It would be trade Tobias Harris or, you know, try to trade Lou Williams or trade Patrick Beverly. You know, like you pick up a couple draft picks, maybe you pick up a young player instead, because like, I totally get what you're saying about them being a free agency destination. And, you know, if you, if you finish fifth in the West this year, and then you add Kawhi Leonard, you know, things look pretty good in 2019, 20, but Tobias Harris is expiring. Gallinari has 22.6 million next year. 
and then he's expiring. And at that point, you know, I don't really know what he is. Gortat's expiring. Avery Bradley has a team option, I believe. Like Lou Williams, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Jerome Robinson are the only guys on this team under contract beyond 2019 20. So, like, I don't well, know so, how much, like, in order I mean, to keep you, this team together, you have to re sign a lot of them. Well, a couple Plus, of those guys are obvious guys. Like, you obviously don't re sign Gortat. You obviously right. don't re sign, um, who's the third guy you said? Uh, Bradley. Yeah, you obviously let Bradley go. Uh, I mean, Bradley's starting for them a lot of the time. I don't know. Like, What's the core that you'd keep around? Tobias, just and a, Shea, I would and just just Shea, Harrell, Tobias, and Gallo, and then you try to add a a star around that four. Yeah, I mean they're gonna. So Montrez makes six million next year, and then he's unrestricted. I think you project that you probably try to keep him at least at this rate, but you know wh- who knows where he is in the summer of twenty twenty. They're in a tough spot. I mean they're. I shouldn't say a tough spot. They're in a pretty enviable spot. This is what a lot of yeah. teams want, right? Like you're going to be as in play as anybody next summer for free agents, and you're pretty good. You don't have to spend this whole year being miserable to get there. Well, they like the can Knicks. keep building, like you know, if if they make smart moves and smart signings and smart re-signings, uh, they can just be a team that wins fifty plus games every year. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that is as long as they just do smart things from here on out they're in a position to be a 50 win team which is something that most teams can't say i think they're going to be very well positioned over this next like decade which is obviously you know tough to foresee what's going to be happening in 2028 but like as the western as this like current guard of nba stars kind of shuffles out you know as like the grizzlies inevitably probably decline a little bit i guess we'll see where jaron jackson goes um the warriors at some point probably in the next three or four years aren't the warriors um okc westbrook just turned 30 you know like when that group of players kind of phases out i think the clippers are going to be in a very good position with the young talent that they're cultivating with the cap space that they have to kind of be a really legitimate contender in like 2022 2023 and beyond yeah i think that they are kind of in that top five or six Mm -hmm. of teams that are just set up um extremely well Okay, a couple more quick things, and we'll get out of here. Mavs, kind of in the same boat. I mean, they, they haven't been as impressive to me. I mean, the Clippers have been probably the story in terms of teams exceeding expectations, but Mavs are 12-11. and 11. Luka Doncic looks better than I expected. I, I, I know you and I both expected big things, but he's exceeded my expectations. And they're going to kind of, as the trade deadline approaches, and we still have you know two-plus months, but as that time nears, if they're still hovering around 7-8, they have some expirings. You know, they're a team that I think we kind of thought was at least another year away from doing what they're doing. They're going to have a really, really tough decision, I think, to chase a seven or an eight seed or take a step back, add another draft pick, and then maybe pick up some assets if you trade a guy like Wes Matthews or DeAndre Jordan. Where would you rank Dennis Smith among the Lakers for young trade chips? It's a great question. Um, so we're talking Ingram, Ball, kuzma hart yep he's definitely had a heart he's dropped okay. off a lot by the okay. way josh hart is like in terms of a, he, he was considered like the second best out of those guys for like a month ago and he's not well, very good anymore hey you know Stephen a said that hart and kuzma were the only two <laughs> that you had to hold on to I, I like kuzma a lot man the more i watch <laughs> kuzma i'm kind of in on him so i would say i mean in turn like overall value like, just like if you're like an nba <sighs> team i think like, the nba values ingram the most still i don't personally but uh-huh. i think people still do I bet that I bet you could find like ten GMs that would say they take Ball or Kuzma over Ingram. Oh yeah, so, but I think the consensus is probably sure. still Ingram. Like when you hear people talk about these fake Beal or Davis trades, it's always Ingram as a link as a linchpin. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I think Smith is probably somewhere between three and five. Like, would you rather trade for Smith or Ball? Oof. I actually am higher on Smith, I think, than most, but I would I would still say Ball. He was okay. really, really good last night, and he's got... I'd, I would, too. What um, kind of a plot twist is it, by the way, that Lonzo Ball is just, like, an awesome defender? I mean, I think we thought he could be okay on defense, but, like, everything about him and, like, the way he mm-hmm. plays, the off-court stuff, like, the guy, the guy with the boisterous father who's kind of this prima donna guy who's been on the radar since he's 13 and all of a sudden yeah but he got the i mean there were like some jason kidd comps though right like i mean oh, like I that, think that was the it, main comp yeah yeah so i mean jason kidd was an awesome right. defender um but i so like i guess what i was getting at is it would be awesome i think if dennis smith plus wesley matthews would be enough for the wizards to listen on brad beal but i just don't really think it is and uh i don't think that you could get a caliber of player for Dennis Smith that makes it worth trading Dennis Smith. Um, and obviously, I mean, it would be cool to trade Matthews, but I don't really see any other trade that makes a ton of sense for them. So I think you just kind of uh, get as far as you can with this mm-hmm. roster this season. Eventually those contracts start coming off the books and hopefully you continue to make um, pretty decent moves in terms of, you know low-key free agent signings and mid-round draft mid-round draft picks and I mean I think Doncic is going to be good enough that you're not going to need to get a second like superstar uh necessarily to be like a six seed or a five seed in his prime years but you are going to need to have a roster that kind of resembles this Clippers roster where Mm -hmm. like if you just had a bunch of those types of guys around him that's a 50 win team and it's a team that he would want to stick around and play with. But if you start making terrible win-now trades, kind of like those uh, pre-Miami LeBron teams did, um, kind of like the Pelicans were doing like three years ago, yep. uh, if you start doing stuff like that, then you risk losing mm-hmm. him. And I think just the, the one objective has to just be do everything possible to keep him in Dallas mm-hmm. as long as possible. I also think we're going to see the pendulum shift kind of back in terms of team building like the last few years you've had to construct this super team to even have a like a puncher's chance at making the finals and beating the warriors and really only one team has even gotten there and that's the Cavs. um and they have lebron i think once the warriors are no longer the warriors whenever that time comes teams won't be rushing to like stockpile superstars like like i mean the sixers obviously have the probably the most top end talent in the east you have three guys who are you know, all-star caliber players without question. But you look at the rest of the roster all of a sudden, and, you know, I mean, it's not like they're just blowing everybody out because they have three all-stars. You know, like we're kind of seeing things like the Raptors model is starting to look a little more attractive where, yeah, you you have your superstar, you have a secondary star like a Lowry. Like that's the type of player I think that you're saying Dallas would need, right? Like you don't need to put Kawhi next to him, but if you can put a perennial all-star type of player in Lowry, you know, that like I think that's the type of player you'll need over the next 10 years whereas over the past five or six years you've needed this insane team just to even get there and and once the warriors are no longer this kind of overwhelming specter at the end should should the mavericks have uh off put a max offer sheet in front of clint capella uh i don't i don't know i mean he's he's looked really good but like he's one of those guys where it's like if his numbers are really great, but the Rockets still aren't winning a ton of games. But I don't. I think like he's just 
been by far their second best yeah. and second most consistent player. I, the, the Rockets are losing games because of players four through twelve. Yes, like that. They're just and CP three through 12, sure. Well, like yeah. when CP three doesn't play, obviously that sucks. CP three, I think, still contributes to winning yeah. when he's playing. But, um, but like DeAndre Jordan's terrible now, but yeah. he still is a really good lob catcher uh, from Doncic. But if you had Clint Capella catching those lobs and playing really good defense, I think that's that's yeah, like mean, a, a huge upgrade, and it's just a player that fits really well with yeah. Doncic. Like I think you want like a lob catcher kind of in that mold, and then three shooters mm-hmm. around him ideally, and you want a couple of those shooters to be really good perimeter yeah. defenders. No, I mean in retrospect, that I don't think they would be getting killed if they did that. Um, I think they kind of wanted to keep their books a little cleaner, which is understandable. But like. I mean, who, what are these? Yeah, who are they going to sign? Though? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, some of the options for them, you know, you could either sell off, you know, guys like Wes or Jordan at the deadline, and you know, maybe get some sort of protected pick or you know, a younger player for Matthews. You know, you're not, you're probably not getting like a top twenty pick for Wes Matthews. Um, or you could try to package, you know, Dennis Smith with with Wesley Matthews and try to steal a Bradley Beal or somebody like that. Like is. Should well, I would be, be trying to that do market? that right. I would be trying to do that right now. I just don't think that the Wizards would do that, and I don't really think any of those players you listed get you a no. I don't think so, a pick either. at the de- like. I don't. I Not don't know which. I don't know which playoff team is like. Oh, DeAndre Jordan. He's gonna right. be the answer when we have to play like the Celtics mm-hmm. when we have to play the Warriors like I don't think right yeah. so I Dennis Smith isn't enough of a chip the the best thing I can say about DeAndre Jordan is that he's on a one-year deal like and you mm-hmm. don't have to have him on the team next year and Dennis Smith like I said like we just talked about like he's a better piece than Hart and maybe mm-hmm. he would not be better than the other three Lakers guys so why would the Wizards take Dennis Smith and Wes Matthews and and why would they want to pair Dennis Smith with John Wall like that seems like mm-hmm. the worst pairing of all time yeah uh, is there anybody where you feel like man John Wall and that guy would be really good Bradley Beal <laughs> I think Bradley Beal's the perfect player to yeah. pair with John Wall they just hate each other oh did you see last night I I actually haven't heard the clip I just read this that there apparently were fans like during a free throw were chanting at John Wall Brad Beal hates you and it was like audible on the telecast at- uh, an away game yeah in atlanta okay yeah. that's nice i didn't know really atlanta cool. had that many fans at their games that's pretty cool wow you, your long-standing <laughs> feud with the atlanta hawks continues <laughs> uh, um okay anything else you want to hit on i'm gonna assume probably not no i think that's good okay we'll wrap this up then uh we'll be back next week Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.